This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. That was a big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Goody Ken sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Pacers all over the Sixers right now, 59-44. Joel Embiid was kind of walking gingerly before. Uh, looks like he's still back out there on the court, So, Good. but he was uh, he was looking like he was a little bit... You know, you see a guy, you're like, is it knee? No, he's bending over. Ooh, is it his back? But it looks like he's out there, so good. Uh, spinal. Sp- it's it's <laughs> spinal. Spinal. Uh, Nick's right now up 25-12 also on the Nuggets, but one of the most beautiful passes I've seen from Nicole Jokic just happened. Literally the whole, like, eyes in the back of the head thing. Yeah. He's posting up, stops, takes the ball, and just throws it over his head with two hands and finds Aaron Gordon for a dunk. It's just like, you watch him and you go, how? How do you do this? Yeah, it's crazy. How, how was somebody built? Think of all the big men we have in the NBA right now. Every single one of them, you look and go, how do you do it? They're either stretched out, look real skinny like Gumby, or you got Nikola Jokic and Dad Bod, and they're all just incredible. Same Speaking thing, of, Embiid did bad Dad Bod. Yeah. yeah. In a way, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, that is true. Speaking of Dad, you know, there's no moment better. There's nothing I love to see more than when we watch League Pass and you just see a dad and his son or a dad and his daughter or a mom and her son just hit a ball game together. I love it. Look at, at you garden. getting all nostalgic over wow. there. Yeah, I'd love to take my kid to a game, but, you know. You're here instead. Yeah, I get home so, at midnight. Because that's what happens. That's where we were headed. Yeah, I, kn- oh, I knew, I knew there it. Was a, oh, I knew the road I knew we were there taking. Was something was I know happening. the road we're taking every single time. I was like, this time. is way too sweet <laughs> and charming. What? There's always a zing, zing mm. at the end. There was no zing. <laughs> there was a son and his dad, and they were enjoying the game at MSG, and it looked like a great moment. Mm-hmm. I just I thought I'd miss my kid, you know. Dan Miller but is was, the voice. Do you have a kid? Stop it. He's just going down this sad voice are you good ryan are you good you'll be all right do you need a hug some lions do you need a hug i'll give you a hug do you want a hug come here no do you want want don't don't touch it there's too too many germs around this damn studio nobody breathe on anybody dan miller's the voice of the lions jumps on with us now uh and what has been i'm assuming a magical ride just being around this team being a part of it calling these games just give us kind of just the overall like what has it been like to be a part of something so historic for this organization well, it's been pretty incredible, in particular when you've been through the things that this fan base has been through. And, you know, my 19 years of doing play-by-play them is a fraction of, of what some of these fans have dealt with over a lifetime. And um, it, it's just, number one, it's great to see the success for the team, the organization, a group of people that are doing it the right way, uh, that had a plan and stuck to it. And, and it's a good plan, and it's you're seeing the, the fruits of their labor. And then just really the fans man that's what i've told people a million times the best part of my job is seeing fans happy and that just doesn't happen hasn't happened enough during my time of doing play-by-play for the lions but you know since the beginning of this year they had sold out season tickets for the first time uh before the season started that's the first time it had ever happened so it's been electric inside that building all year long and then these two playoff games getting them both at home and kind of having things break right so you got that second one at home it's just been off the charts. I mean, it's been so loud in there. Both, you know, the Rams and the Bucks walked out of there saying that's one of the craziest atmospheres they'd ever been in. And these fans have been a factor. They're loving what they're seeing. It's been a lot of fun. 
October 30th, 2022, I was at that game, Dolphins-Lions. That felt to me like the beginning of something really good. They lost 31-27, but we're up a lot of that game. I don't know if you remember that one. That's when it felt like, to me, that the Lions felt like they could be for real. Uh, When did that happen for you? Like, when did you, in your mind, know that this team was going to be as good as they are, or if you did know? And then how much pressure do you think that they carry with them, considering this is the first successful team that they've had in this century? Well, it's kind of an inflection point when you bring up that game because that is actually, you go, you go back to that date, the Lions have not lost two games in a row since that date. And that's pretty good in the NFL. That's hard to do. Um, they have, that put them at one and five when they lost that game. And after that game, their owner, Sheila Hamp, came out and doubled down on the head coach and the general manager. And people were starting to wonder at that point. They've been 313 and won their first year. They were one and five after that Miami game. But she came out, doubled down on them, said, we're rebuilding this thing. We knew it was going to be tough. We took it down to the studs, and we're building it back up. We believe in what we're doing. We're seeing some results, even if the final scores aren't indicating that in terms of wins and losses. And then they went out and lost the next week, and you're like, oh, man, we've seen this before. And then they started winning, and they won eight out of, eight out of ten to close the season. So I think that was the first time that we started to believe that there was something really good happening here. And then I think that there's, there's that question of if you're going to come back this year and build on what you did last year, or you're just going to kind of fade back into 500 or something below that. And they come out on opening night and beat the Chiefs. You know, I understand the Chiefs didn't have a couple of guys, but you went into Kansas City on a night that they hung the banner and the season opened and you beat them. And that was a big deal for this football team. Now came back, lost the next week to Seattle, but they got on a roll after that. And, you know, just the way they've started this season, the way they've played on the road where they've been 6-3, and three, uh, the growth that you've seen in the young players. And I think every step they take is just proof of where they are and more confidence for this team. And there have been a lot of them this year, from winning a division for the first time in 30 years to having a home playoff game for the first time in 30 years to winning a playoff game for the first time in 32 years uh, to having two home playoff games for the first time in the history of the franchise. They're just – checking boxes as they go and everyone they check just you know gives you more belief pressure look I don't know if there's any more pressure Um, these guys getting a win over the Rams was probably massive pressure I think they all wanted to do it just to get that monkey off their back they wanted to do it for Jared Goff they wanted to do it for these fans and they come out and do it again so uh, I'm sure like every team in the league they feel some of that but I think it also the fact that they've had success in the postseason has allowed them to relax a little bit. And now you go into San Francisco where they know it's going to be a heck of a test and a heck of a team that's in front of them. But look, they've played good teams. They've played well on the road this year. I think they go in there comfortable and and ready to play. And I think they'll, they'll put on a good show. I think they're going to play really well. Do you think a higher scoring game favors the Lions or maybe a lower scoring game? Because I think everybody thinks this is a bad matchup for the Lions on the defensive side of the ball. But, I mean, I don't know. They could get after the quarterback, especially Hutchinson, and we see Purdy uh, sensitive to pressure. And they're pretty good against the run. So you could maybe take away Christian McCaffrey here. You know, who do you think that favors or or what favors the Lions, I should say? Higher scoring game, shootout, or a lower scoring game where they can control the clock and run the ball a little bit? You know, every time I think I know, it becomes the opposite. You know, every time I think this is going to be a shootout and we're going to see, you know, 41-40 or something like that, it tends to go the opposite way. Look, I, I 
I tend to think the Lions are going to need to get some stops in this game. That's a really good San Francisco defense. Uh, I don't know if you're going to, you know, hang 40 on it or something like that. So I think you're going to need to find a way to get San Francisco off the field, maybe see if they can get a couple of takeaways in this game and, and hand the 49ers some empty possessions. It's Look, this is, this is the team along with Philadelphia that people have looked at as being the best in the NFC for much of the season. So, you know, full respect for them. I just don't know if it's, if it's realistic to think that you're going to go in there and just, you know, score with each possession, which the Lions have done in some games. And they'll get on a run and they'll get hot and put up a lot of points. Um, they're a little beat up on the offensive line, probably not going to have Jonah Jackson for this one. So that's a Pro Bowl guard that won't be in there. So um, I, I really think, to your point, there is a strength for San Francisco in terms of their passing game that matches up with an area where the Lions are struggling right now, which is stopping people in the passing game. But it's been interesting. They've given up a ton of yards at times, but not a ton of points, and I think it's going to have to be one of those days. I think they're going to have to keep this thing in the 20s, probably is the way I envision it. Maybe it comes out different, but I just don't know if it's realistic to think that you're just going to keep you know, pounding the scoreboard against this defense. Talking to the voice of the Lions, Dan Miller. Uh, we were talking about Jamison Williams earlier, and obviously we know the talent that's there. Had a you know, tough start to his career between injuries and the suspension and, and all those things. But the talent is there. Uh, the matchup for Sam Laporta against those 49ers linebackers feels like an opportunity where the 49ers can obviously take him out of the game somewhat to a point. I mean, we we know that those that's some of the best in the NFL, which, and I'll credit Ryan on this, he was the first one that was really on this, an opportunity for somebody like Jamison Williams out of the slot to maybe get some opportunities. Do you think that we may see more in terms of targets for Jamison Williams this weekend? Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, it, it, look, this offense between... Gibbs, Montgomery, Reynolds, Amon-Ra, J-Mo, um, you know, Laporta, they take whatever the defense wants to give them. And I think that's really where golf has become comfortable. So if you're trying to take something away, I mean, it's, it's really hard to take away Laporta and Amon-Ra. So pick your poison there. And then if you want to take away both of those, which, again, that, that's not really likely. It's difficult to do. Um, they have other guys. I mean, look at the first quarter Reynolds had against the Rams that got him off to a great start. You want to let Gibbs be one-on-one with a linebacker out there, that's a problem. And, and they can run the ball, and, and Demo can catch it out of the backfield as well. So, look, J-Mo is doing all the right things for this team. I mean, his attitude is great. His work ethic is great. And I think ultimately that's going to translate into more production for him. Um, and we're seeing him make tougher catches week by week in traffic, doing things that we hadn't seen earlier in the year. Wouldn't shock me if at some point here this week, hopefully in two weeks plus, there's a breakout game for him. But uh, I just I just love what I see from him. I see him after practice working hard. I just see him doing all the right things. And uh, to your point, there's so much talent there. Sooner or later, that's going to pay off. And um, he's doing everything they're asking him to do right now. It's it's. It's an offense that's got a lot of options, and Jared Goff is really good at figuring out which one you're going to give him on a given play. I think a lot of people were puzzled by the Jameer Gibbs draft pick, and it turns out it's uh, just been awesome. And uh, it's been a dynamic duo that they've been. From your perspective, which running back do you think has the best matchup against this Niners team? It feels like maybe it's David Montgomery, considering that Aaron Jones was able to just run right down the throat of San Francisco's defense, shockingly, last week. But I'd love to hear from you who you think uh, the matchup benefits the most. 
You know, if you look at, at the history with these two, it's hard to separate them. I mean, it, certainly Gibbs has proven that he can run between the tackles, uh, and, and we know that, that David Montgomery can. Uh, Gibbs, obviously, terrific catching the ball in the flat and out in the passing game. Um, and the way that they utilize them, they'll figure out which one is running better. I, I, I can make a case for both of them, to be honest with you. And, and you know, Gibbs is, is just – terrific in all phases of the game and Montgomery, you know, when they need tough yards, he's the guy that gets it for them. And um, yeah, I, I, we watched that Packer game and we saw what Aaron Jones did. And Aaron Jones is obviously a tremendously gifted player. And um, the lions, if they can get that kind of running game going, that's obviously going to benefit them greatly because if you put this thing back on golf, if they don't have the running game, then it gets difficult if you're one dimensional. So, you know, I, I can make a case for both of them and it's, it's not dodging the question. It's just this year, it's really been by committee. And both these guys have been really good for this football team. You know, they're both scoring touchdowns. They're both racking up yards. Sometimes they do it in different ways, but they've been kind of working in lockstep here and they feed off each other. And, and it's been a big part uh, of what's happened here in Detroit. And, and that's what they envisioned last year. A lot of people, as you said, questioned that draft pick. To, to, people were getting personal on draft night. Does Brad Holmes know what he's doing? But it, um, you know, when they flip that running back room, you know, from Swift and Jamal last year to this group this year, I think this is what they had in mind. And, and obviously it has been very, very good for them. Yeah, and the offensive line has been so dang good. Um, you know, you've seen both of these teams. If the Lions are able to pull off the upset, they're seven-point underdogs, they would see either, obviously either the Chiefs or the Ravens, whoever wins the AFC championship game. And the Lions got blown out by the Ravens like most teams did, and they beat the Chiefs all the way back week one in a game that we forget about. Who would you rather see? Would you rather see the rematch with the Chiefs, or would you rather get another shot at Baltimore? Is that really a choice? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, no, neither look, are fun. I, I, no, and, and look, both those teams are great. They both present different problems, and, and you're right. We uh, went to Baltimore earlier this season, and they just handed us our hat. I mean, they were terrific. And, you know, I think – the Lions giving another shot at them. I don't think it would end up being that type of game. I think that was an off day for Detroit. Great day for Baltimore. Full credit to them. They took the Lions out of everything that they wanted to do. But that really hasn't happened very much over the last season and a half to this team. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's a, a huge difference. I personally think Baltimore probably wins that game. I just think it's their time. Uh, I think they're at home. I think that's one of the reasons you earned that. Um, and, and it just seems to me that, that while Rice has come on, Kansas City hasn't been the same explosive team this year that maybe we've seen in the past. Um, so, look, man, if we get there, the Lions have never been to a Super Bowl. I'm not going to quibble over who we're playing. So you can <laughs> bring anybody from the AFC you want to bring. And if we get there, we'll be more than happy to see him. And either way, it's going to be a huge test against you know, a, a battle-tested team in Kansas City with a couple rings or Baltimore that seems like they're on that kind of run this year where they'd be destined to get one. So, man, just if you're telling me we're going to get through Sunday, I won't worry about who we're playing after that. Tell you what, it's been a hell of a story watching it from the outside. Have a great call this weekend. Dan Miller, Enjoy voice it. of the Lions. Thanks for your time, man. Guys, I appreciate it. Thank you. I mean, it really is just like when you think about it, putting everything aside, like just this is sports, right? Like that. Haven't won a playoff game since 1991, and they're a win away from the Super Bowl. And I think, like, 
Man, I would love to see Detroit and Baltimore just because we're going to be there. I think those yeah. would be the two fan bases that oh, would be the most yes. fun. Yeah, we yeah. lost out on Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. We know that would have been the number one fan base to have in Vegas. But I want to party with D12. <laughs> I guess we would probably have Eminem there somewhere. So it's bet MGM tonight. Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.